time again for Doc Jacques, your addiction lifeguard podcast. I am Dr. Jacques DeBrucher, a psychologist, licensed professional counselor, and addiction specialist. If you are suffering from addiction, misery, trauma, whatever it is, I'm here to help. If you're in search of help to try to get your life back together, join me here at Doc Jacques, your addiction lifeguard, the addiction recovery podcast. to be real clear about what this podcast is intended for. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes, but not considered help. If you actually need real help and you're in need of help, please seek that out. If you're in dire need of help, you can go to your nearest emergency room or you can check into a rehab center or call a counselor like me and talk about your problems and work through them. But don't rely on a podcast to be that form of help. It's not. It's just a podcast. It's for entertainment and information only. So let's keep it in that light, all right? Have a good time, learn something, and then get the real help that you need from a professional. All right, all right, all right. That's my Matthew McConaughey impersonation. Does that sound like him? All right, all right, all right. You got to get that Texas drawl in there. Make it sound right. <laughs> so, uh, Dazed and Confused. Interesting movie. Um, it's funny because Matthew McConaughey was not the star of that movie, but he uh, he overshadowed everybody else in the movie, so he became the star, even though he wasn't really the star. Uh, anyway, that uh, you know that movie um, brings to mind something about uh, you know our past, right? Uh, that movie portrays a time in the 70s, uh, and that was when I was in high school. And so, uh, they had a lot of stupid things in that movie. And, uh, you know, uh, the character Matthew McConaughey plays is a guy who, um, he, he never grows up. He's like in his 20s, and he's like stuck in that time period. And it's really funny. There's characters in movies like that. There's Uncle Rico in um, Napoleon Dynamite, and there's. Uh, I forget the character's name, Matthew McConaughey's character in, in uh, Days of Confused. And, uh, you know, when we're younger and we're doing stupid things, and um, especially with addicts, when we have, like, all kinds of things we do to, you know, to people, it's hard sometimes when we forget how to um, deal with that. And when stuff happens to us and when we do stuff to other people and it's upsetting to us and then we're de- uh, we're left in recovery with trying to figure out how do we make it, better right so that's the that's the show today is about how do we let things go what does that mean let things go gotta let it go i hear that from uh, everybody i treat they get to that point where they're doing like step step four and five stuff and they think it's about letting it go you gotta let it go and the problem is you're not letting anything go because um it's the stuff you did right so it's in your memory and you're not gonna forget it so how do you let things go? Well, first of all, you don't let them go. Or maybe it's a definition of what is it you're letting go? Because that's really a question is like, got to let it go. But what am I letting go? What I'm letting go is the stuff that I'm angry about. And I'm actually not going to let that stuff go. Whether it's something I did uh, or it's stuff that happened to me. I'm not letting anything go as far as the memory. That's forgetting and so 
when you go through that process of forgiving, forgiving yourself, forgiving others, you're not letting anything go except anger. And so the understanding that most addicts have is that they want to get rid of that memory, which is why they're using in the first place, because they just want to get rid of that, that feeling they have that's really bad. So the idea of letting go is letting go of the thing that's that's troubling you. And there's where the confusion is because people confuse the event and the feeling. And they're two different things. You're never going to forget the event. Unless you get retrograde amnesia or you got a traumatic brain injury or something. Or you're like Matthew McConaughey, just kind of just kind of crazy. You might forget, but I doubt you actually will forget. It comes back to you. So when you're forgiving yourself or forgiving other people you're not letting go of the memory you're going to carry that for the rest of your life what you are going to let go is the thing that's actually the problem and that is that feeling of anger resentment contempt it's the trifecta of the things that lead you to use and to want to continue to use and i'll tell you something one of the things that uh, is so important about getting engaged in a good therapeutic process with somebody who is a skilled therapist and I mean skilled not somebody who just has a diploma and maybe they got a license but a skilled trauma therapist somebody who's good at it they will be there with you in that moment where you are establishing uh, the framework around the thing that's really bothering you and they will walk you through the process and bear witness for you uh, with that pain and it doesn't, you know, you, when you're going to be vulnerable in that moment, in that with that with that therapist in that moment, they are making you experience the pain and reframing it. And that's the important part is the reframing part, whether it's desensitizing you to it because you're going through EMDR or exposure therapy or something where you can you can get rid of that or or cognitive behavioral therapy kind of does that, but not really. Um, it just, it programs you to think differently, but it's not really going to get rid of the trauma experience, unfortunately. So, uh, you know, that, that, that experience that, and this is part of what interpersonal neurobiology is. It's, it's as Dan Siegel says, I think I've said this in many other podcasts, the feeling of feeling felt. And that is the important thing. He, he was told by one of his clients that that's the significant uh, part of therapy is feeling felt. And I believe that to be the real truth because when people feel felt they feel relief and so with a skilled therapist who understands how to deal with trauma they're going to be there and they're going to be able to um, help you understand that what happened to you can no longer happen to you but when you're reliving that experience through reconstructing it with uh, dysfunctional relationships or destroying relationships or destroying yourself through drugs, alcohol, suicide attempts, whatever, what what's happening there is you are uh, you're, you're reinforcing, right? You're just reinforcing that bad pain and that that trouble. So the reframing part is I'm going to put this into a different frame. It's the same picture, but now it's in a different frame. It looks different. It feels different, and that's the key is the feeling different part. And so when you're trying to understand how to reframe the uh the traumatizing event it's not going to make the event go away and it'll come back and haunt you I, I can promise you that however when it comes back to you you can now look at it through a different lens because it's not going it's not happening now and i don't care if you're the worst ptsd 
traumatized person in the world, you can reframe things. That's the magic of like EMDR, for example. EMDR simply puts the emotion and the event and puts them back together. Because what happens is when we get traumatized is we disconnect that memory because it's so abhorrent. We do not want to, to experience we don't want to have that experience of that memory in our head, right? So we'll pull the emotion away from it, the feeling of abandonment or, you know, t mental torture or physical pain, emotional pain. We'll pull that out of the memory, and all we're left with now is this disconnected feeling that's not attached to the event any longer. And so EMDR, uh, uh, EMDR, sorry, I forgot to say what that was. Eye movement, desensitization, and reprocessing. And it's a technique that's taught that helps you put essentially left and right brain activity together, memory and logic, right? So memory, logic, and feeling, putting them back together. And when you put them back together, it, it allows you to reframe it. And it's really interesting. When I do EMDR with my clients, um, what I find is that you know, after six, five, six, seven sessions of it, the feeling is is not as strong it's so strange it's when when you put the the memory uh, of the event back with the emotion felt at the time it no longer seems overwhelming and so when you when you weave them back together now you can see them as something completely different than what they were and you realize it was the past and that's the that's the report i get from my clients when they when i do emdr with them is yeah, I, I, it just doesn't seem to bother me anymore. That's Those are the words I hear. It doesn't seem to bother me anymore. Because guess what? It doesn't bother them anymore. And that's key, is you don't want it to be bothering you, right? Because that's why you're using. You're bothered. It's painful. And you're re-experiencing the feeling of pain, not just the memory of the event. So that's the whole purpose of... of, of EMDR is to to use that and I, I use a thing called an interweave where there's some verbal storytelling or recounting of of it and then I do some therapeutic techniques and then I put the EMDR functionality back in there we'll do some rapid eye move or the you know the eye movement and then back to the story and then back to eye movement story instead of just just straight EMDR I do it a little bit differently in that way and that end result is that um, they've been able to tell their story and experience the uh, traumatizing event in a different way than just straight EMDR. So um, I'm looking for some way to be able to help them reframe it actively while they're with me rather than just doing the EMDR, let them go for a week or, or so, come back, tell me about what the feelings were and they process it. I have them do it like in the office a little bit more actively. So when you... Um, so when you get done with the, the idea, or um, not the idea, the the, uh, the work of reframing, what you're left with essentially is the experience plus the feeling together through a moment when you're not being traumatized. And and to me, that's also another part of it that's really important is in this you know setting I'm in right now, um, in in a in a private practice setting, it's safe. They're not they're not they're not in that environment where they're getting uh, abused or tortured or traumatized or attacked or, or you know assaulted or whatever happened um it's safe here you know that's why that's why i want to create that environment for my clients it's safe and so in that safety um they can experience the feelings and they cut it comes out of them you know um 
And, and that's, I think, the part that, that um, I think some therapists are a little bit concerned about that when they experience a client who is just completely losing it in their office. They, they either get very, you know, detached from them at that moment or they try to minimize the effect of, of that experience. But I find that that's actually very lim- um, uh, liberating for my clients is when they actually are in that moment and can feel those feelings and allow another human being uh, I have the privilege of being able to experience that with them. I, I, I look at it that way. And so when they are um, re-experiencing those trauma memories and and they have those feelings and, they, and it comes out of them, um, they can be very, uh, you know, to witness it, it can be somewhat disturbing, um, un, unsettling. Um, it, it usually is, is emotionally exhausting to, to bear witness to it, which is, um, perhaps why some people, uh, when they hear somebody doing that, they, they kind of like want to get that person out of that pain. And I, they're in that pain all the time anyway, you know, uh, addicts, you know that you're in that pain all the time. You just are kind of hiding it, um, putting a, a, a smiley face on it, masking it with drugs and alcohol, something. So I look at it like you're in that pain all the time. So let's be in that pain where you can actually do something constructive with it rather than try to push it away. So, yes, it is exhausting to experience that with a person uh, emotionally. And, and it is, uh, but it's not a burden that a, that a therapist should not be able to take on because it's, it's not their stuff. It's your stuff, right? So I'm just going to help you with this. That's kind of my viewpoint. I'm going to help you with this. Um, so when you're sitting there with a very skilled therapist who's very skilled in, in trauma um, treatment, they are they are going through some things that are uh, very tough. You're you're you as a client sitting there, you as a as a patient who's like just oh man, just some of the horror stories I I have coming into my office just awful, and I and I feel so badly for these people that they've been treated that way. And, um, it is, it is a shame, but I also keep hope and I know very well that they will get to the place where they can not be tormented by that torture of, of those traumas any longer in their lives. And that's, that's very key. Um, finding, finding ways for them to, um, live in a peaceful place. And, and that's very hard for some people. Um, and so what are you letting go? That was my, that was my opening question, right? I was like, what are you letting go? You're letting go of the anger. You're letting go of the pain. Um, you're letting go of, of resentment. And when you let go of those things, what happens is you feel better. You're not letting go of the memory itself, but the associated, the associated um, anger. It really, and you know what? I'm going to say, um, and I don't have any data to, to back this up other than anecdotal. So it's, uh, kind of hearsay, but, um, what I am going to say is that the people that come in who have the worst trauma have to go through that process several times before they get there. And it takes a long time. That's the other part that's kind of frustrating to people, addicts. It's interesting. If you, you somebody comes in who's an alcoholic, they've been drinking a long, long time. They've had a lot of stuff happen to them, but they've been drinking for a long time. If they are a drug addict, they've been doing drugs for a long time. They've, they've slowly ramped up, and they started with pot, and then they went on to you know 
maybe they did some ecstasy as well and then they started doing you know a little hit of some opiate drugs here and there and pretty you know it took but it took a long time for them to get to uh like full-on fentanyl usage or shooting up heroin not as long as a drinker uh, somebody who drinks they're going to take 10 20 years to get to incapacitated um but it takes a long time treatment takes a long time and not using is not treatment not using is not cured not using is not that's not sober that's abstaining and so when you're getting treatment you can expect that it's going to take you a year or two of really working this hard working on it very hard to get there um i'm looking at my bookshelf and i've got a lot of books written by people who went through recovery and all of them talk about you know it was it was years it wasn't weeks it wasn't days it wasn't months it was years there may have been a moment where you had this awakening in your head where you're like i i can't do this anymore true but it takes years to get into that healing process. And part of that is because you spent so much time really cocooning your brain around trying to protect it from this pain that you feel all the time, that anger that comes up with it. And so to get to the place where you trust somebody enough to open up with them um, and really can experience that experience of, of change uh, through exposing the the trauma takes a lot of trust and a lot of time i've had people come in here and they they've been with me they'll be with me for a year maybe a year and a half before they really can open up and that's that's okay you know um but don't be impatient if you're if you're walking that path of recovery when you're listening to this and you're one of those that's walking that path have patience man uh your addiction didn't come in a day or two or week or month your recovery is not going to come in that short amount of time either so um understand that you you really have to take some time to get there and so healing that that addicted brain really uh, jump into the trauma the pain and so when we are when somebody comes into my office and they sit down and i say okay well what's what are your goals like what do you want to do and they said they want to um they want to let things go I'm always a little bit uh, concerned because I know that letting go means something different to them than it really means. And so what they're saying is, I'm tired of being in pain and I, and I want to forget the thing that's causing the pain. You're not forgetting the thing that caused the pain. You'll always be able to drag that up. What you're forgetting and going to actually let go. You're not forgetting, you're letting it go. What you're letting go is your your insistence on hanging on to the anger. Now, a couple of steps to get you there. If you're doing the 12 steps, good for you. I really encourage that. Um, even if you don't want to listen to the God talk, just go to the meetings, for, for goodness sake, because it, it works, right? It's a, it's a structured thing that makes it so that you can get through the recovery process, through a step process. And in those steps, you got step one, two, and three, where it's like, hey, don't rely on yourself. Rely on, rely on a higher power step four and five is you're you know you you are very angry and upset and here's why and you've been acting out and so you've been hurting other people because you're hurting and you're trying not to hurt anymore and so step four and five is a setup for that but really it's the setup for what makes me really angry step uh six and seven relieve this relieve me of my shortcomings my character defects right one of those is anger it's always anger. 
uh, resentment, always full of resentment. Eight and nine is going out and doing the work that is the hardest. And that's where you learn how to let it go. Because uh, what you're letting go is the anger. If you're not in a 12-step process, bad on you. Please get into it. But if you're not doing that, okay, fine. I'll roll with that. But you've got to still go through the process of um, healing, right? So you're going to have to face the fact that you have this shortcoming. And that shortcoming is resentment and anger. And it makes you unbearable to be around. And so... You've got to get with somebody that can help you with that. Now, in the 12-step process, you've got non-clinical people, mutual aid society, right? So it's, it's they're not trained. Though, If you are in a 12-step process, please get into therapy with a skilled, I keep saying that, skilled, skilled, trained trauma therapist, not just your run-of-the-mill average therapist. If you're an addict, you've got to get a skilled, trained trauma therapist who helps you with addiction recovery. If you are in the 12-step process, you need to find somebody like that. If you're not in the 12-step process and you're trying to get into recovery, good luck if you're just walking in off the street, man. I, I have uh, marginal uh, results with that because you walk in full of arrogance and you don't think uh, your drug usage is a problem, so you're not going to have much chance of success, honestly, unless you can get a physical barrier between you and your drug of choice for a while to learn how to abstain so your brain can start to think differently. And if you're not in a 12-step process, you, you still need that therapist. But please also understand that you probably need that physical barrier. So don't be afraid to go to rehab, man. Don't, don't wimp out on that part of it. 30 days is not very long, actually, compared to how much time you spent destroying your family, your friends, and your money, and yourself, and you're, re you're wrecking your health. You know, you lost your job, whatever's going on. That didn't happen in 30 days. So nobody's going to nobody's gonna miss you because you're actually not going anywhere. You're just going to get a physical barrier between you and your drug of choice. Once you get there, you've got to engage with a skilled, trained trauma therapist to help you walk through that process of facing those problems that you had that caused you so much pain. And if you do that, I can promise you, you're going to be much better off and be a healthier person. People who are traumatized, uh, if you are not an addict and you have been traumatized, you still need that help. And I really do encourage you to get it. If you are a family member of somebody who has been traumatized, understand that that person is not going to be what you thought they were going to be or perhaps not going to be the same person ever again uh, when they come out of it. And in a lot of ways, they're better people. They're just different because they've faced the dragon. They slayed the dragon, so to speak. And that's that's an important thing to remember when you're when you have a family member is don't have the expectation that they're going to be the same. They're going to be different. Not bad. Not bad. Different. It'll be good. Different. But it's going to be different. And the relationship will be different. Hopefully, it will be enhanced. Unless you were the abuser, and shame on you. And you're probably not going to be in their lives anymore because you were abusive to them but you can uh, walk your way out of that and um, you know I think one of the the things that um, the narcissistic addict arrogant addict thing does not realize is that there are people that do care about you and love you 
and you have to find those people again or maybe at all for once to get to the point where you can actually feel better about yourself so the words that i guess i would say to you is this if you have been traumatized you're not letting go of the memory please stop stop thinking that way because that's not what you're doing you're letting go of the trauma and it can be something that you've probably minimized for a long time because that's what we do i did in my life i minimized all my traumas and thought well eh, yeah, i got through it i'm here but no it's huge and don't pretend like it's not. And um, once you once you start to engage in the understanding that, that you have been traumatized and it's okay, and you, you please go find a trauma specialist and um, and sit with them and, and let them walk you through the process of recovery and whatever tools and techniques that they have because different people have different skill sets and different abilities and they use different tools. But in the end, you should be relieved of that feeling of anger. The feeling part is what you're letting go. You're not letting go of the memory. You're letting go of the feeling of anger. And let it be something that's in a box on a shelf in your brain that doesn't get let out. Because the people around you don't deserve it. Unless they were the traumatizers. And then please, get away from those people. Um, and... And work the process, man. Work it. It's a it's a it's a long haul, but you can get there and be sane, stable, and sober. Well, I hope you uh, you got something out of these little tidbits of wisdom that I've been trying to spout out for you here on Doc Shock, your Addiction Lifeguard podcast. I've enjoyed time uh, doing this, and as always. Please, if you are having addiction problems, seek help. Go out and find a good skilled therapist. Check into rehab. That's the best first step you can take. And then work your aftercare program for that. Because we really want you to be sane, stable, and sober. And live a full life like you should. And you can't do that if you're high or drunk all the time. So until next time, uh, this is Doc Shock, your addiction lifeguard. And catch me on my website, wellspringmindbody.com. Thanks for listening.